This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I had no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Busy Wednesday show today. Welcome everybody to Fantasy Football today. Jerome Ford, Dave in the FF in your FFT Open Division, he went for one hundred dollars out of one hundred dollars. So, mine pretty, too. Is, yours too. Yep. Heath, I don't know. I'll I'll look it up. He was probably already rostered. In mine guys in my league are super sharp. Yeah, same here. I I have a league of of better fantasy players. So Jerome Ford was actually available in almost none of my leagues yesterday. I spent ninety one on him. Awesome. Out of how much? A hundred. Wow. You had your whole budget available and you spent 91? Yeah, I, it was our, our uh, salary cap league and I was the Nick Chubb manager. So I have, I, I really like my roster. <laughs> and I, I mean, look, through three weeks, the waiver wire hasn't exactly been pretty. It's a six person bench. I think you have it set up for Dave. And so it's, um, it's hard to find good players. So lost the guy that matters and figured, let me get somebody who can help me. Yeah. Uh, Jerome Ford went for 85 in mine. Oh, so I'm the only one who's playing in a league with sharp fantasy football players that already rostered Jerome Ford. Well, listen, we got more yeah. to talk about today. Yesterday was the Jerome Ford show. Today we're telling you who to buy low, who to sell high, who's moved up and down in the rest of season rankings for Dave, Jamie, and Heath. We're previewing Thursday night football. We'll get to the song in a little bit. Uh, but is Saquon Barkley going to play? Brian Dable did not rule it out, and I don't want to have to make that decision if, <laughs> if Barkley does play. Don't you want to see him sit? Of course I want to see him sit. You're yeah. gonna. Yeah, he's not, he's probably not going to play. But we'll look at Giants and 49ers. And uh, and yeah, let's let's get to Actually, why don't we go through the big news first? And as I mentioned, Saquon Barkley, also left tackle Andrew Thomas, edge rusher Aziz Ojalari. They will be game time decisions for the Giants, it seems. Um, and Brandon Ayuk will likely be a game time decision. And guys, George Kittle had three targets in uh, week two, two of them came with Ayuk off the field because Ayuk missed some time. So maybe he would benefit. Again, we'll uh, we'll get to that later. Carolina linebacker Shaq Thompson is on IR. Hey, does anybody want to roster Tom Brady? Because he didn't exactly say no. Kind of did. He was asked about the Jets. And he, I don't know. It was, I didn't really know how to interpret it. But does anybody think Tom Brady might go to the Jets? I'd be very surprised if he would put himself behind that offensive line. Yeah, I did see another report that said his um, ownership deal with the Raiders has not been finalized. So I'm not sure that that would prevent him from doing it. I do still have him rostered in a deep super flex dynasty league. Is today's is today St. Patrick's Day? Like it's not right. That's in March. <laughs> I'm just wearing some green, man. What what is that hat? I like it. What does it say? Thank you. What it says uh, it's a band. It's We the Kingdom. Oh. Cool. Yeah. You got look, a Celtic shirt on? Just wearing fun. some green, man. All right, I like it. Um, I was like, did this I miss something? <laughs> Generally, it happens during the season. <laughs> so confused. We even got a green can here. Oh, uh, cool. Well, you, you always got the uh, LaCroix, right? Is that LaCroix? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Jerome Ford is going to take over as the lead running back, according to Kevin Stefanski. Kareem Hunt visited the team. Dave, does, does that matter? Should that matter to anyone? I I don't know. I, I think the Browns told us already what they think about Kareem Hunt. They they put him through a tryout. They, it's, it's just the craziest thing. I, it's going to be Jerome Ford as the main back. Someone's going to help him. So he's not going to get every single touch, of course. But 
I I would expect Jerome Ford to be a number two running back moving forward. <laughs> Understand that I actually really did Google St. Patrick's Day to see if I was missing. <laughs> I forgot what it is. Um, Jamal, Everyone knows oh, it's in May, Adam. <laughs> yeah, May. It's not in May. Jerome, Jamal Williams will miss time with a hamstring injury. Uh, Kendry Miller should play this week, Jamie. We I don't know if we talked about him yesterday, but we did talk about Tony Jones. But which Saints running back would you prefer? Kendry Miller. You know, not just for this week because I, I look. This week's going to be probably a, a three-headed monster with the two running backs and Taysom Hill. So who knows how good he'll be? But I think long term, he's the handcuff you want for Alvin Kamara. And you know, as we are finding out right now, next man up might be important. So I would rather roster Kendra Miller. And if you're stuck, I'd still rather play Kendra Miller over Tony Jones. Thirty-four percent rostered Kendra Miller. Uh, bad news for the Lions. They got really beat up in Week Two. C.J. Gardner Johnson is officially out for the year or potentially out for the year? What's that? Torn Peck? Okay, so he's out for at least a while. And uh, James Houston, defensive end, he's also on IR. And their right guard, uh, Hala, I just say Hala, Vitae. They call him Big V. Okay, Big V. He's going to be out a while with a big knee injury. And left tackle Taylor Decker actually missed week two with an ankle injury. So we'll keep an eye on the Lions this week. They are super beat up. Another... Injury in the Ravens secondary slot cornerback Ardarius Washington is on IR. So that's three defensive backs. I don't know if they're getting Marlon Humphrey back this week, but right now three who are injured. Um, Colts offensive coordinator. going for a big day. Yeah, baby. Uh, Colts offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter says he will not cut back Anthony Richardson's rushing. And Sean Payton, remember how much he criticized Nathaniel Hackett and the the Broncos for not being able to get the the play in quickly enough and for all the delay of games and the play clock running down. Well, he is now shortening the play calls, the the verbiage to uh, make the operation more efficient. Maybe it wasn't the coach. Maybe it's the player. Maybe. Hmm. But that, uh, that player is currently QB3, I believe. What do you mean? Russ? Is it QB3? I believe That's so. His jersey number. Like in fantasy points? Yeah. Holy cow. No, he had a monster week two. He had two touchdowns yeah, in week one. Yeah. You're right. Who's He's Q- going to stink this week, though. Who are QB one and two? Well, Cousins Kurt- is one. Yeah. I don't know who two is. Oh, it's Jordan Love, isn't it? It is Jordan Love. Ah. Uh-huh. Jordan Love makes me think of Valentine's Day, the <laughs> magical December holiday. <laughs> All right. So- they didn't find a way. They should trade Christian Watson for Zay Flowers. So you have Flowers and Love on the same team. That would be nice. Um, zero and Hart. Matt Lafleur pick up Bobby Hart. Coach. All right, uh, two risers here in your rankings. I asked you guys who are two players that have that that have changed you know the most since the beginning of the season, and you guys either gave me guys who've changed the most or close to the most. And Jamie went with the Rams, Puka Nakua, who's the number two wide receiver in PPR right now, and Kyron Williams, who's the number two running back in PPR right now. And by the way, the email first. <laughs> what'd you say? <laughs> what? Whoever answers the email first always wins. That's true. That is true. You're the first. You're first man up. Um, by the way, Kyron Williams had the best fantasy game against the 49ers by any running back since week nine of 2021. Yeah, so. first time over 20 <laughs> fantasy points since Christian McCaffrey did it last year. But yes, uh, that was James Conner week nine, 40 fantasy points. Uh, all right. So what to talk about these guys, Puka and Kyron. Do you know that he did something, Kyron Williams, uh, that... Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, uh, Stephen Jackson, Todd Gurley never did. Scored three touchdowns against the Niners? Score two touchdowns in each of his first two games oh. in the season. Wow. Um, yeah, I, okay. Well, he's also a magician. He made Cam Akers disappear. <laughs> How are you feeling about these guys? You want to buy, you want to sell them? You want to buy high on them? You want to hold? Uh, I want to hold Kyron Williams for sure. Um, I would be trying to sell high on Puka Nakua, but only for something pretty special at this point. You know, so if you could turn Puka Nakua and maybe Kyron Williams into like a Jamar Chase, I'd be doing something along those lines. But I'd be trying to package Nakua and another player for somebody that was drafted in the first round because you might be able to pull it off right now. Someone is struggling or someone is injured. So you think... Um... They are like solid number two at their solid number twos at their position rest of season. I think Nakua, once Cooper Cup is back, will be one of those two, three 
type of players, starter in a three receiver league, depending on how things go. Look, he's going to have his targets, you know, cut to some degree. We just don't know what, but Matthew Stafford is throwing so much that, you know, there, there will be plenty of weeks as long as he's healthy, where both Nakua and Tutu Atwell are, are still going to be relevant. So you would assume just, you know, a natural downgrade with, with cut back doing what he typically does. But if he's throwing the ball 45 to 50 times a game, you know, there's there's enough there for these guys to still be successful. And clearly they love him. So I wouldn't be giving Puka away. And okay. Kyron Williams, look, he has no competition right now. Yeah. I uh, do think that the Rams and I think Texans and there was one other team um, currently averaging more than 75 offensive plays per game. Like they're going to run at least 10% fewer plays the rest of the season, probably 15 to 20% fewer plays the rest of the season. Last year, 30 of 32 teams were between 58 and 68 plays per game. So the the pass volume for Stafford, the volume for Puka, the volume for everybody is going to come down a, a pretty decent amount moving forward. Uh, yeah, I mentioned the, the five, the Rams, the Rams are actually one of the slowest offenses. The intern, they just played the Seattle week one and <laughs> Seattle ran like four plays. No, it's crazy. I, you're right, because the Rams have run the most plays in football and they have the fifth slowest pace in terms of time between time remaining on the play clock when they snap the ball. So that just, you know, doesn't really jive, right? So, yeah, important to point that out, Heath. Uh, speaking of Heath, here are your two risers, Kirk Cousins and James Cook. They've been among the biggest risers. Cousins is QB1 so far, scored 20.5 points in week one, scored 36.6 in week two, threw 44 passes in both games. So uh, how do you value Cousins and James Cook? Man, I've been running Twitter polls this morning. Um, Cousins versus Lawrence, Cousins versus Fields, Cousins versus Burrow, who scores more fantasy points the rest of the season. And it's... Um, Cousins is winning the field one pretty easily, and the other two are very, very close. I, I will say they've got a seventy-eight percent pass rate through the first two weeks. I don't think that probably stay that, that probably doesn't maintain either. I think he probably drop his pass attempts by ten percent. But he's the number one quarterback in fantasy, and he's lost eight points due to turnovers in the first two weeks. I do kind of believe he's going to throw the ball forty times a game. I do think Jefferson plus Addison plus Hawkinson is just about as good as anybody has in the NFL. The defense isn't any good. I think he's a top six or seven quarterback rest of season. I, there's a lot of leagues where people drafted him alongside Tua or Anthony Richardson. And I know we normally say you can't trade quarterbacks. I think you can probably get something decent for Tua or Anthony Richardson. And I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And just riding with Cousins. So I have Cousins and Lawrence, and I was looking at that team today, and I was, I'm going to make the wrong decision every week. It's going to drive That's me crazy. That's why you trade one of them. No, Well, you I'm definitely not start Cousins this week. I think so, yeah. right? I mean, the, the Texans, though, have three safeties who are injured. So... Um, that's not, the, I didn't say that because Lawrence has a bad matchup. I said it because Cousins is in the game with the highest over-under on the slate against the Chargers. All right. All right, I think that's how I was leaning. He's on for 6,000 passing yards. It's incredible. <laughs> Yeah. And what about James Cook? So Cook with um huge game against the Raiders, not so great against the Jets in week one, but four catches in both games. Yeah, I think the the role while the the short yardage stuff stinks and Damian Harris, Latavius Murray combos playing too much. Um, I've been very happy. He's got fifty-four percent of the team's rush attempts. He's catching four passes a game. That, that profiles us pretty close to a must-start running back. Um, and I was viewing him as more of a flex, high-end flex coming into the year. Uh, yeah. Top 20 guy for sure, rest of season for Cook. Oh, running back stinks too. <laughs> running back is not great right now. Um, Cook or or uh, Kyron Williams, rest of season? I have, I have them worth the same on the trade chart. Exactly the same. I'd, I'd lean slightly to Cook, but that's like they're in the same neighborhood. If you think that the Rams are going to be competitive for the rest of the year, and they've been competitive for two weeks, so it's simple to think that they will be, I think you put Williams ahead of Cook. Just because how many touchdowns is Cook going to score? Yeah. As many as Kyron scored in the first two weeks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but let me just, for the Kyron Williams manager, the Rams, okay, we already talked about they've run the most plays at the fifth slowest pace, so he brought that, brought that up. That's going to change a little. He's not going to run as many plays. He, what is it? I think his longest run is nine yards this year, maybe 12. Yeah. He's not 
No. He, he's not... <laughs> He didn't come into the year with a great reputation. He might not be a very good running back. The Rams might not be a very good team, or maybe they will surprise us. Um, is this the opportunity, I'm wondering? Is this the peak of Kyron Williams' value? Of course. So why did you say hold him instead of sell him? Just because he's too valuable, you know, even if he's... Well, I mean, look, first off, every player you should be looking to sell if you think there's something that you're going to get back better in return. But in the case of somebody who you might have picked up off waivers or taken with one of your last picks... If somebody is – we just lost Nick Chubb. Austin Eckler may not play. Saquon Barkley may not play. Aaron Jones may not play. J.K. Dobbins out for the season. Jonathan Taylor's on the pup list. Need I go on? You know, there's desperate managers here for for running backs. And so if if you were able to get Kyron Williams and somebody is willing to overpay for him, you should absolutely be looking to shop him. But in the case of what his uh, situation is, he's the passing downs guy. He's the goal line guy. He's the every down guy. You know, and, you know, I think as long as Stafford is healthy – this team will be competitive. That's it. So he's got every opportunity here to be not very good from metric standpoint, not very explosive. All those things that you're going to nitpick about the guy. He was a fifth round pick in the NFL draft for a reason. And <laughs> right. I think, you know, the idea was he was going to be a third down back for them this year before they just decided that they didn't like Cam Akers attitude. At least that's the report. So now it's his job. Yeah. Um, all right. Opportunity there's no over Curry. There's no right, Damian Harris, and there's an amazing play caller. All right, Dave, let's go to your um, your two risers, Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett. Uh, so did you see Mike Evans' 70-yard catch in week two? No. He just completely shoved the guy out of the way. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. What the <laughs> hell was that? It could have been an interception. And he's just like, nope, push. And he turned into a 70-yard game. He still would have had a great game even without that. Uh Heath, okay, are you putting those comments up, Heath? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> All right, anyway, uh, Dave, Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett. Old guys that were kind of overlooked on draft day for different reasons who have gotten off to a good start. And Lockett week one wasn't great. He should have had a touchdown in week one. Week two, he was awesome. Evans has been awesome the first two weeks of the season. We were told before the season that Mike Evans was going to get moved around the formation. That quite that hasn't quite happened to the degree that I thought it would, but he's still getting a lot of looks. Baker's playing great, and the Bucks are playing well. And I, I think you're looking at Mike Evans as a top 15-ish type of wide receiver the rest of the way. So if you drafted him in that round 6-7 range, man, you, you must be loving life with Evans right now. And then Lockett's right behind him. And he was drafted in that same range, and you should feel great about him too. Okay, uh, I brought this up before, but the fact that Evans has played the Bears and the Vikings, I'd be selling. He's got Philadelphia this week, and then New Orleans. We know about his history against New Orleans, so maybe a couple of bad games after that. Are there really games that you? I'm just looking at the schedule now. There's a couple. I don't care about the like games. They it's, could be tough for him. You got a 31, 30 year old receiver. With Baker Mayfield playing way above his head, no turnover so far against two very easy opponents. Yeah, I'd be selling. I'd sell both Evans and Lockett, but I do think they've also moved up right. in my rest of season rankings. Sure. Like I've, yeah. but it's both. Right, right. Okay. Um, so, like, do you think you could turn him into Devontae Adams right now? I don't. Mike Evans into Devontae Adams? I don't think the Adams manager is selling after no, the game. No, I don't think so either. So, like, selling high on Mike Evans, I'm just not sure how good it's going to get. Yeah. Would you sell him for Calvin Ridley? 1,000%. Yes. Okay. But I, again, if you're the Ridley manager, why would you do that? Well, look, yeah. we wouldn't, but the Ridley manager just had a dreadful game from Calvin Ridley. You know how people react here. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's, it's realistic. Okay. By the way, he's got the Eagles this week, which usually is a tough matchup, but I think they've given up the most fantasy points to wide I, receivers so far. I wonder if you could turn Evans into Cooper Cup. And and if Cup really does come back in two weeks, of course you would rather have Cup. But that's the gamble you have to take because you're not going to do it when he's back. Right. We don't know for sure. Man, I'm spooked a little bit on trading for injured players. It's something we really need to talk about with the Bengals because, you know, we've seen the way for Burrow, the way it's happened. And um, I don't know. I mean, in, injured players, sometimes they have setbacks. Look, healthy players get hurt too. But. I, how much should you give up for Jonathan Taylor, for Cooper Cup? How much do you value them? Do you just think, especially with Cup, because we don't have, the timeline we have was hopeful for week five. But 
you know, he had the injury and then he re-aggravated it and then he saw a specialist. Mm-hmm. So the, I, what what yeah. what I'm trying to do is I'm hoping that those guys also lost somebody with injury. And can I turn like Kyron and Lockett into Jonathan Taylor? Can I turn two low-end number twos into that guy? I don't want to give up a, a potential top 12 option for that guy. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, you also could be looking not just those situations. I mean, Austin Eckler's may be out for a couple of weeks. Saquon Barkley's going to be out for two to right. three weeks. Like those are the two guys I'd be looking to get because, you know, they're not dealing with something that may be a, uh, like Jonathan Taylor health plus headache and cup seeing specialists, all those things, plus the 30 year old receiver. Like I'd be looking at guys that I think have incentives to come back. And those two in particular stand out to me. All right. We want to welcome a new show to the CBS sports podcast network. And this one is going to be a banger. Kicking It is a new weekly podcast featuring hosts Kate Abdo, Clint Dempsey, Charlie Davies, and Mo Adu. And listen as they connect with the biggest personalities from the soccer world and beyond, including episode one, which drops tonight with the legendary Thierry Henry. Hear unfiltered conversations with the game's most familiar faces that take you beyond the pitch. So what are you waiting for? Kick it with the crew and download Kicking It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are found let's take a break and when we come back i want to talk about the Bengals and what to do avoid or buy low and uh they've got a backup quarterback who graduated college in 2018 and has thrown one pass in his career <laughs> uh and it was last week yeah <laughs> so uh we got to talk about the Bengals and some fallers in the rankings we'll do the thursday night game i got some trivia and your tweets and your emails fantasy football at cbsi.com and we'll be right back Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. All right, so Jamar Chase is off to a terrible start. T. Higgins went catchless in week one and then had a big game in week two. But Joe Burrow re-aggravated the calf injury. Uh, Mixon's been off to a a nice start, uh, although I think the Bengals have run like the second fewest plays and have one of the lowest run rates in the NFLs. That's been a bad combo for, for Mixon. He's still done okay. But anyway, what do we do? Heath, should we buy low on Bengals or should we avoid the situation? Or should we, And if we have them, should we try to get what we can now? Because uh, do you see disaster coming? I don't think, I don't expect disaster. I think I, I, part of it depends on what your record is because I do think the next week or two might be pretty rough for the Bengals. Um, and so I, if I'm 0-2, I'm not necessarily pursuing them. But I would still expect, at least by the second half of the year, we're going to have the Joe Burrow we expected, the Jamar Chase we expected, the T. Higgins we expected. I don't think you can buy low on Higgins after what he did last week. Um, and, I, and I've and i not been discouraged by Joe Mixon at all. Now, Mixon at his age, you do have to worry that he's got an injury coming as well. But there's just not enough running backs to, to let that factor too much. I'd pretty much buy low on all of them. Well, let me just interrupt you because uh, Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network just – minute ago tweeted that indications are Joe Burrow has been feeling better the last two days than he was on Sunday. And so with the extra day to rest, sounds like he's going to play on Monday. So maybe that's not the best thing, right. knowing that he's not 100%. But clearly it could have just been some level of aggravation of the calf and that he's getting treatment on it and he will be fine. You know, So that would be the hope is that he's able to you know manage through this without getting hurt. The fear would be, though, is there is a significant re-aggravation because he's forcing it, knowing that they're 0-2. And I believe I heard the stat yesterday. Teams that have started 0-3 since 2002, there's been 99 of them. Heard this on the Colin Coward show. 99 of them. Only one has made the playoffs since 2002. So that's not a good proposition for them to go 0-3. But again, 
they have a better chance of avoiding that with Joe Burrow on the field than they do without him. So um, I hope he's able to go, but I, I would be buying low on on the Bengals if you can, you know, just knowing that their value is so low, specifically a guy like Jamar Chase. But you have to pay for him, but you're still getting hopefully a great player in return. Right, and that's the whole thing is that if you're buying low, you're not giving up first-round value for Jamar Chase. You're definitely not buying low on uh, on, on T. Higgins. I, I, it's a Burrow problem. His completion rate is way down. His yards per attempt is way down. His A dot is under six and a half yards. That's very but I, I I think it's a little misguided, and I'm not criticizing you, but like for us to judge week one for him, like I, I feel like week two is a okay. better basis of oh maybe, sure. maybe his struggles. Because like week one, coming back from the calf, no preseason, barely any practice. Rusty. You know? so sure. I, I think and- it's more like week one is like, okay, that's that's the the crappy version of what Joe Burrow has been, not the the, the two-game crappy version of you know what I mean? It, it, it was like a game and a half of crappy. And then in the second half against Baltimore, I really thought he did get it going. The other thing that's been working against Burrow, he's dead last right now in time to throw. He's getting the ball out quick, 2.3 seconds. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's by design. I don't know if that's because the offensive line is, isn't any good. Um, but He played two pretty good defenses too, let's not forget. Yeah, sure. And so here come the Rams and – Technically, the Rams have held opposing quarterbacks to low numbers through the first two weeks of the season, and maybe that'll that'll help Burrow on Monday night. But I also think that that's a little fluky because Purdy should have had a second touchdown and may have had a third and a fourth yes. in the game against LA. Yes. So there's certainly room for Burrow to do well. That's the guy I'm buying low on. Burrow. I'll take the chance. I'll take the if I've got Richardson, Fields, um, any quarterback that I'm disappointed with. Maybe you're disappointed with Dak. I, I would make the play to try and go get Burrow off of somebody's. Who's trading roster. Burrow for Justin Fields right now? I, no one's doing that. I'm trade. I'm not saying I would trade Fields for Burrow. I'm trading a different player to get Burrow, so I've got my quarterback situation figured out because Burrow eventually should be kicking it into top gear. And Jamar Chase said they need to throw the ball downfield more. He's absolutely right. We'll see that from them sooner than later. Okay, uh, so to wrap things up. Joe Burrow is QB what rest of season? Eight. I've got him sixth. Okay. Ten. Jamar Chase is, is wide receiver what? Six. Four. Six. Okay. T. Higgins, where would you draft him now? Would he still be a third round pick? I mean, eight targets week one and no catches and then a huge week two. Yeah, I think round three is still safe. Maybe even late round two. Look, I mean, the only reason to downgrade these guys is if you're worried about Burrow. So you guys don't seem that worried about Burrow. Um, And that's fine. All right, let's get our followers. But but again, I I do think it's a different conversation if you've started 0-2. Because I I don't – like I say wide QB 10 for Burrow and wide receiver 6 for Chase – I would expect in the second half that Burrow's QB five or six and Chase's wide receiver one or two. So I think the next couple of weeks still might not be good. I'm giving you guys three minutes for this segment. You'll tell me your two fallers. You'll tell me how you see them rest of season. And then we'll move on because we're running a little bit behind here. So let's go to our two fallers. Dave, you're, since the beginning of the year, you're lower on DeAndre Hopkins and Chris Godwin. Godwin, 10 PPR points each of the first two games of the year. Evans has been dominating. There will be games where that flips, and this could be one of them uh, against Philadelphia because we know that the Eagles have some trouble at cornerback right now. It's just a matter of how well Mayfield plays under pressure in that game and whether or not he goes to shorter targets, that would benefit Godwin. As for DeAndre Hopkins, man, I I don't know. I'm pretty sure the injury played a role in how little he was – utilized in week number two. You love the target volume in week one. That's what we were used to seeing with Hopkins, but it's still catching passes from Ryan Tannehill and playing in a Tennessee offense that could revert to leaning on Derrick Henry. Uh, It makes me nervous to look at Hopkins the same way that I used to, which is as a top 15-ish type of... I mean, once upon a time, he was one of the best of the best. Now I'm not even sure if he's a top 24. He's not really a top 24 receiver the rest of the season. Puka or Hopkins, rest of the season? I, I think I'm going to take Puka because I think even when Cup comes back, they'll be close in targets on a weekly basis. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you mentioned I this. also think you can get more for Nakua in trade than you can Hopkins right now. 
Hopkins was played about half the snaps, something like that, in week two. Sorry if you said that. Heath, Justin Fields, and Damian Pierce. Yeah, we, I mean, we've talked a lot about Fields, but I just I hate how little improvement we've seen in the pocket. I hate what the Bears are trying to do offensively right now. I do think there's still an out. I think it's possible that ne- this week or next week or the week after that, they they stop this nonsense and just draw up six designed runs a game for Fields, and he can be a good fantasy quarterback without being good at passing, but that's probably going to be bad for DJ Moore if they do that. Um, but yeah, I I like... I'm not certain if I'd rather have Burrow or Fields rest of the season, but they've both fallen a lot from where I had them. And Pierce? Doesn't this feel like a Blake Bortles game for Fields coming up? Like they're just down huge. Yeah, garbage time. It it could be, unless Adam's theory is right and the Chiefs' defense is just good. Yeah, I mean, if he's down oh, big, like, I don't want him throwing the ball that much. I want him running the ball, you know? <laughs> um, Damian Pierce, RB, what do you think? Arby's oof um, again a, a, another guy who and I, I wouldn't even say necessarily that I, there's anything from Damian Pierce I've seen that changed my opinion of him but the the running back usage for Houston has just been disastrous and I they talked this offseason about how they're going to run their offense through the running backs and they come out oh, and throw you. it 90 times the first weeks <laughs> yeah so yeah um 26 rest of season RB 26. Oh. They're also they've been getting. Blasted. I've got him higher, and he's one of my favorite buy lows, especially if you're running back needy. the 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 managers that have Pierce are freaking out right now. You should be able to get him way cheaper than where he was drafted, and he's their best running back. He passes the eyeball test there. Eventually, their offensive line will get healthy. Eventually, they won't have so many tough matchups, and eventually they'll they'll narrow this down to two running backs instead of three in that backfield. All right, Jamie, your two fallers are Garrett Wilson and Kyle Pitts. Answer the email first. Um, yeah, Wilson, obviously, terrible quarterback situation. You know, the, the question becomes is do they find a, a replacement for Zach Wilson, and does that change things for Garrett Wilson? Yes. And is there somebody out there? You know, is is there is, is there a rescue club in the bag? You know, so, I mean, you could say Matt Ryan. I mean, look, you could say anybody obviously is better than Zach Wilson for Garrett Wilson. We saw it last year with Mike White and Joe Flacco, you know, so the hope would be is that that's what they eventually settle on. So it's not a bad idea to be buying low on Garrett Wilson. But at the same time, you know, after he scored the touchdown last week and you could say, okay, he scored with Zach Wilson in each of the first two games. Can you get better production moving forward with somebody else? It's just such a bad offensive line, and I think every team's just going to focus on him as much as they can, especially until the run game gets going. So I don't have the same expectations by far than I had for Garrett Wilson at the start of the season. Uh, would you rather have Christian Watson or Garrett Wilson? Well, that's a great question because do- we don't know when Watson's right. coming back, but I'll probably lean toward Watson just because I think Jordan Love has played admirably through the first two weeks without him, and then the hope would be is that Watson comes back. You know, I think if we had... Zach Wilson at the start of the season, we probably would be ranking Christian Watson ahead of Garrett Wilson. So I'll yeah, take Watson. Possibly. I think I'm a little more skeptical of love. Um, I'm going to oh. go Wilson just barely. That's so sad, Heath. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts or Hunter Henry rest of season? Uh, man, I hope this is the, you know, last week was the London week. This week is the Pitts week, you know, so... If the if the Lions offense shows up and the Falcons are you know in, in in a competitive game where they may be trailing, then we might have to see Desmond Ritter throw the ball again. But it's just so frustrating right now that he's not even the second option in the passing game, which is what we thought he'd be either one or one or one A. You know, so it's uh it's tough. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say I'll, ta- I'll I'll still take Pitts rest of season, but for this week I'd rather start Henry. Some good comments going on in the chat. We got a fun YouTube audience, by the way. We got eighty thousand subscribers. We want to get we want to get to a hundred eventually. So go ahead and subscribe. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. Uh, we've got awesome live streams. You can join us that are YouTube exclusive Monday night at 7:30, Thursday night at 7:30, Sunday morning at 11:30 a.m. Eastern. And while I'm promoting uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, you can watch CBS Sports HQ Fantasy Football Today. You can watch that on the CBS Sports app. All right, Dave. Nah, 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 nah. 
I didn't set it up yet, but fine. The Giants are at San Francisco. I have three stats of the game. Stat of the game number one. The 49ers have seen 101 pass attempts in two games. That's the most in the NFL. That's opponent pass attempts. So you might see a lot of passing from Daniel Jones. Doesn't mean it's going to be good, but he's going to throw it, hopefully. Uh, Stat of the game number two. I already mentioned this one, but this is kind of dumb, but... George Kittle, two of his three targets came with Ayuk off the field. I mean, Ayuk's going to be maybe a game-time decision. Kittle's been pretty disappointing so far. I mean, super quiet, but maybe he benefits if Ayuk doesn't play. And the stat of the game, that does not matter for fantasy, but you should keep an eye on it because it's fun anyway. Since week one of 2022, last year, in week one, Dontrell Hilliard had something like 60 receiving yards and two touchdowns against the Giants. Since then, no running back has had more than 28 receiving yards or caught a touchdown. 20 straight games now for the Giants where a running back has not reached 30 receiving yards or caught a touchdown. And that includes Christian McCaffrey last year, by the way. So, you know, he's actually not catching that many passes right now, but it's just just for fun. Let's see what happens there. You uh, taking you taking that prop if Ayuk doesn't play? If not, I was about to say uh, I won't take that prop either way. But uh, if Ayuk doesn't play, I would expect this twenty game streak to end. So some tough fantasy calls here, I, I suppose. Daniel Jones is an easy one to sit, right? Yes, I'd like to sit him. Um, I, t- I tell you, the, the toughest decision I have, obviously, is as I have a Burrow and Purdy league. And if you have a Burrow and Daniel Jones league, you know, what do you do there? So you want to give some advice to the Burrow manager? Uh, is Stafford available? Are you going to roster three quarterbacks? You just drop Jones or, or Purdy? I would drop Jones because if you drop him Thursday morning, you get to still get him back next week. And how many people will be clamoring for him if he has a stinker like he did against Dallas in week one with the th- similar pressure he's going to be under? So I would rather take the chance on Staff, like I like Stafford better than Jones this week, so um, I, I'd go that route. But in terms of Purdy and Burrow, I'm in the same situation as you had in one league, and I would just play Purdy if we get no practice for Burrow on Thursday, which is probably what we'll end up seeing. Okay, How, do we like Purdy? Because, I, I mean, my opinion is the Giants' defense is bad. Uh, but, you know, I don't know how much throwing he's going to have to do, and he seems to have a bit of a ceiling. So, Dave, how do we feel about Brock Purdy? I kind of like him. Uh, if not for the touchdown throw to Samuel being ruled a lateral, he would have had 20 fantasy points or more in seven straight regular season games. That, wow. That's pretty good. That's a safe floor. You mentioned it. And uh, on the short week, I wonder if they try and let Purdy throw while the game's competitive, which might only be two and a half quarters, just a little bit more and not lean on McCaffrey as much as they normally might. So I, I like him as not a high ceiling play. I uh, like him a lot less if there is no Ayuk, but 20 fantasy points. You can almost pencil it in. Yeah, I mean, he's going to he's gonna score eight or nine with his yards. He's going to throw for about 215 yards probably. Mm-hmm. And Two touchdowns. It's, well, that's the thing. Is this, I, if he throws the ball 28 times, which is what I'm projecting, I'm not, I'm not going to project him to throw two touchdown passes. So yeah. that's why I don't like him quite as much. I, I, I lean toward Dave where it feels like there's a – a safe floor and a limited ceiling, you know, so he's not going to, I think, win you your week, but I think he's not going to, you know, crater your quarterback production unless, as we saw last week, he doesn't get that second touchdown. But there's enough of a track record here that I would buy into it in this matchup, per se. It's also the 49ers' first home game. They had the whole offseason narrative about what would have happened had he played in the NFC Championship game, stayed healthy in the NFC Championship game. I think they're going to let him get a couple of scores in this matchup just to make the crowd feel good about their next savior. So... I like Purdy as a top 15 quarterback. Again, I don't think he's ever going to crack the top eight, but I think from like QB 10 to QB 15 is where he'll live almost on a weekly basis. Heath, you have Daniel Jones fairly high, I think 13, but you said you'd like to sit him. I would like to sit him, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that I don't like. Um, and again, I, I think it's probably a eight to 10 rush attempt and 35 pass attempt game for Daniel Jones. So you have Jones um, ahead of... And an eight-stack game for Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah. Jones, you have ahead of Fields. This could change, I'm sure, in your rankings, but uh, Fields, Watson, Love, Prescott. Ahead of all yes. of them. Okay. Yeah. 
And do you guys agree with that? J- Jones ahead of Fields, Watson. I mean, I'm not even close. No. No. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, what do you do if Barkley plays? Start or sit? Oh boy. You start him, but you just understand the cir- circumstances. Like, yeah. I mean. At this, it's such a crappy week for running backs. I mean, you know, like, hey, go get Jerome Ford. Spend all your fab. By the way, he's playing the best run defense in football. You know, so it, it's it's not pretty for a lot of these situations for a lot of running backs this week. So if Saquon Barkley's playing, unless you got, you know, Kyron Williams and Christian McCaffrey and somebody else. How about you know, Ford? It's hard to, it's hard to yeah. How about Ford? I mean, they both have tough matchups. Would you start Ford over Barkley? No. I feel like we're wasting time. Like if he doesn't even get okay, into practice, fair. we're expecting him to play and and do well against the 49ers. We've seen him rush back from an ankle injury before. Yeah, it was terrible. In fact, he re-injured himself, if I recall. And we saw last year, week 14 against the Eagles, everyone knew he was hurt going into the game. He played, he played 31% of the snaps and he was terrible. So let's assume we're not starting Barkley if he doesn't play or whatever. And let, how about Matt Breida or Gary Brightwell? Uh, are they even going to crack the top 30 for you guys? No. Uh, I have Brita 28th, and I think it's too high. Would you start a Giants wide receiver? No. No. Not if I could help it. Would you? Okay, Darren Waller's top five for you guys. How do you feel about George Kittle in this game? If Ayuk is out, he's potentially top three. Yeah. I mean, you saw Ertz was getting open against this Giants defense on Sunday. So if there's no Ayuk, they will use Kittle is more than just a short area guy. And he's moving well. It's not like he's slow or anything. They're just not throwing him the ball as much. It is yeah. I mean, I haven't I haven't watched him enough to say that definitely he's not moving well, but his like the few times they have thrown him the ball, nothing good's happened. Right. Yeah. The, so the, the like issue eight. is targets. It's it's coming down to just not I mean if he had seven targets a game in the same efficiency that he's had, he wouldn't have had a good season so far. Not based on like where he had been before. We'd be going crazy. We'd be thrilled to start him if he was getting seven targets a game. Well, yeah. So, are there any tight ends that you may have picked up? Would you start Hunter Henry over Kittle? Let's say Ayuk plays. Would you start Hunter yes. Henry over him? Would you start? Would. Yes, but I'd flip Who it else? if there's no Ayuk. Jake Ferguson? I mean, I don't even know. No, the only one would be Henry. I'm probably not making that move, but I do have Henry ranked ahead of him. Right. That that's a roster construction versus a ranking situation. Yeah. So let's see, Debo, yes, uh, McCaffrey, yes, and how do you feel about Brandon Ayuk? And by by the way, is Debo like a slam dunk? Because we'll probably get some Debo questions. Just I would say just start him. I really I don't think much of the Giants secondary, but I'm not trying not to be a like a negative Giants fan here. But they they start two rookies, and these guys have been having a rough go at it, and they have no pass well, rush. For for Samuel, you also have the the storyline from last week where. Shanahan was asked about Elijah Mitchell not playing. He said, we have to do a better job of getting him on the field. And I think you, you, you saw Samuel was the number two running back. So maybe he loses a couple of carries for Elijah Mitchell. But if this game goes, as I think a lot of people expect, if the Giants can't move the ball, that there, there could be starters resting at the end of the game here. So that's maybe where Mitchell comes into play. But how are you getting away from Debo Samuel right now? Okay. You're yeah. not. And Ayuk's a boom bust number three if he plays. I'll go higher with Ayuk if he plays. Call him a number I, two. I would just be cautious. Like he could be a decoy in this game. So I'm guessing uh, <laughs> is Puka Nakua ranked higher than both 49ers wide receivers? Yep. Yes. Yep. All right. Would you rather start, let's see, Tyler Lockett or Brandon Ayuk? Lockett. Lockett, for sure. I have Ayuk right now. How about, uh, I'll go a little lower end, Amari Cooper or Ayuk? Ayuk. Cooper. I have Ayuk over Cooper right now. Cooper is home against Tennessee. Garrett Wilson against Tennessee. I mean, that's a slam dunk. (laughs) (laughs) Should be right. Garrett Wilson against the Patriots or, uh, or Ayuk. Ayuk. Still Ayuk. All right. Which DST do you guys like better in this game? (laughs) (laughs) What's the spread? 10 and a half. I saw. Yikes. That stinks. I mean, I hope we get a good game for Thursday night. You know, I remember last year, I thought a lot of the Thursday night games were going to be terrible and they ended up being pretty close. I don't know if they were good games. Like, remember that Denver Colts game? Was that Thursday night overtime ended in a tie or something? But uh, like closer games than I expected. But I just, I don't know, pretty, pretty down on the Giants, unfortunately. Um, All right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, I got some trivia and I got your buy low and your sell high tweets. 
and try to get to your emails as well. And we'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Let's see how smart Dave, Jamie, and Heath are. Trivia question for you. Dave, I think you know the answer to this, so you are eliminated from question number one. Chris Godwin has lined up in the slot on 55 to 65% of his snaps in four straight seasons. What is Chris Godwin's slot rate this season? Closest, closest wins. What was it prior to? 55 to 65%, four straight seasons. Uh, 45%. 21%. Do you know, Dave? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's 35%. Who was closer? It's funny. They were right yeah. in the middle. Jamie. Jamie was closer. Jamie wins. But I, I went over, though, so Heath wins. I didn't say closest without going over. That's the game. <laughs> All right, fine. That's the game. Heath, you win. Um, yeah. It, actually, in his career, he has better numbers out wide than in the slot. But so far, he's off to a bad start. He was wide open. 12-yard touchdown pass. Baker Mayfield missed it. Um, so he would have better numbers. Play him in the slot this week, please. No Avante Maddox. Right. Uh, I don't know. Does this stat matter to you? We can move on, but does that matter to you that he's playing out wide a lot more so far? Look at his numbers. I, I think it affects him. I think he's better but, when he plays. But before this year, he's been better playing out wide than in the slot. Well, for it's also career, he went from yeah. a guy who had no – care or concern for what happened with Jameis Winston, which is when he played outside to a guy right. that was very in love with his slot receiver in Tom Brady. So unless unless the efficiency was there last year too, Heath. I didn't look at year by year. I just looked at career. So right. Could be it's, deceiving. Can't do that with anybody. All right. Um from ESPN, since Matt Canada became Pittsburgh's offensive coordinator in twenty twenty one. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Every team has gained 400 total yards or more at least three times. How many times has Pittsburgh done it? Zero. Zero. Three. Zero. Zero. Is that a great... You they, said every team. You didn't say every team besides Pittsburgh. Oh, sorry. Every <laughs> three was the, thought three was the bottom. Every team other than Pittsburgh. That's my bad. Of course. Okay. I, can't, I can't do a segment without screwing it up. Um, all right. Next question. There are 73 wide receivers who have earned eight or more targets so far. Who has the lowest A dot? Eight or more targets, so that might be enough to exclude Rondell Moore. Um, it's not him, for what it's worth. I don't know if that's because he didn't. Eight or more it. targets for the season? Yeah, for the no. season. Oh, for the season. Yeah, they yeah. meant per game. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, no. Kadarius Tony. He's close, but no. He's another former it's first the, round pick. I don't think it's find a needle in the haystack. Um, First round pick who was drafted in a pretty similar spot to get Arius Tony around twentieth. Is it Zay Flowers? Close. JSN. JSN has a two and a half yard A dot right now. Yeah, I couldn't have been Flowers. He had a couple of downfield shots. Uh, two running backs from the same backfield have combined for forty three carries, and none of those carries have gone for zero or negative yards. Who are those running backs? Not the Lions. Um, I'll read it again for the listeners. Two running backs from the same backfield have combined for 43 carries, and none of those carries have been for zero or negative yards. Who are these running backs? And the hint I'll give is they, they basically did it completely separately in one, in one game each. The Eagles guys. The Eagles guys. They do not have a negative carry so far. I don't know if Boston Scott does, but those guys do not have a single one. Who do you like better rest of the season? <laughs> <laughs> Swift or Gainwell? 
the gosh. Uh, not your lungs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Swift, right? You, you gotta like Swift's chances sure. better at this point. Right, here he's, go. gonna, he's gonna hurt us at some it, in some game in the future. Hurt us? He's gonna hurt himself. Oh, um, sure, right. I would like to see Gainwell sit out one more week to see what it looks like against a tough run defense. Yeah, I, I'm really. I, I'll probably if if Gainwell plays this week, I'll probably just project the exact num- same number of touches for both of them because I have no clue. Yeah, yeah. Swift is another. Swift is another <laughs> sell high, but like try sell very high. Uh, the top, you know, okay. one guy like we we didn't mention to to be buying low on is um or not necessarily buying low on, but just trying to buy right now because you can't use him for all these guys that are dealing with injuries. Is Alvin Kamara? Yeah. Like if you could turn Mike Evans into Alvin Kamara, I'd be doing that. Sure. Okay, so um, let's go to uh, this last one. It's kind of fantasy feudy. The top five quarterbacks in explosive plays per dropback. Who are they? The top five quarterbacks, explosive plays per dropback. I have three hints. I would imagine Cousins is in there. I have three hints. None were ranked as top eight quarterbacks in the preseason. Anthony Richardson. Uh, No. Explosive passes per dropback. Tua. Definitely not Richardson. Tua is one of them. Yeah, he's number one. None were ranked in the top eight. Only one of them is in the AFC. We already got him. Tua. And two of Cousins. them have already been the start of the week. And one of them oh. is Tua. <laughs> wow. So Cousins isn't up there. Cousin, No, he, he is. He's third. So oh, Goff crap. I forgot Cousins wasn't the start of the week. I just gave that away. Uh, you got it anyway. Uh, Goff and Tua. Goff yep. and Tua. And Cousins. Those are the and top Cousins. three. Who else? Explosive pass plays per dropback. I don't think you're ever going to get this. Mac Jones. No, it's a good no, guess. No, they're not in the AFC. That's, oh, that's right. Yeah, NFC. Uh, Jordan Love? No. Mm-mm. We've already talked about one of them at length today. Brock uh, Baker Mayfield. Brock Purdy. Brock oh. Purdy. One guy, He, I would say this guy is one of Heath's very favorite quarterbacks. Daniel Jones? <laughs> no. Not quite that, that favorite. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is fourth at explosive. Oh, it's Rashid Shaheed place. It's it Olave. Olave's had some too. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's do some more buy low, sell high. I just have one that I want to throw out. Actually, two. For This one, I'm sure you guys are going to agree with, but do you even think he's a buy low? Because he only has 11 targets in two games, but Jalen Waddle. Do you think people are low on Waddle right now in the protocol? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten some questions about what do I do with Jalen Waddle, and the answer is hold on tight. Go get him. I mean, Came into the season with an abdomen injury, dealing with a concussion now. Clearly not producing at the level that you hoped for. So, yes. Uh, and you would agree to, to, that he's that he's A-OK, Jalen Waddle? To go get. I mean, once he's, once he's healthy, he is. <laughs> right. But I, the concussion issue hopefully doesn't linger a very long time. And if defenses are going to start playing the Dolphins the way the Patriots did, I think that benefits Waddle. Because that's those are short throws that their defenses are forcing the Dolphins to take. Yeah. The Dolphins are clearly willing to take those short throws. And Waddle, like Tyreek Hill, is awesome after the catch. Is Nearly Waddle completely healthy besides the concussion? I think he, he looks it. He's still lightning fast out there. All right. And uh, I think he practiced in full last week, I think. But I could be wrong about that. Okay. Uh, the other guy I want to bring up was Alexander Madison. People are so low on him, but he started yep. the season with the Bucks and the Eagles. He gets the Chargers this week. He gets the Panthers without Shaq Thompson. In a few weeks, he gets the Bears. I'm not saying there are no tough matchups, but um, how do you feel about buying low on Madison? I think it's a great call. You know, first off, you know, just with everything that he dealt with last week, I'm rooting for him. So I hope it's a yes. same. It's it's a good game for him this week. And like you said, the matchups are are certainly tilting in his favor. He's still dominating playing time, so this isn't a Ty Chandler, Miles Gaskin type of situation where they're going to replace him yet. Now, if he struggles again and fumbles again, then you can understand the Vikings maybe making a move. And I still think long term, I wouldn't rule out. You know, we t- go back to Garrett Wilson. You know, the Vikings maybe exploring a trade for Kirk Cousins if they're looking to acquire assets for a team that's not going to the playoffs, and you know he's going to be a, a maybe a rental for the Jets per se. But um, as long as this offense continues to produce like it's producing, there's going to be a lot of big games coming for Madison because, you know, there'll be some goal line touches. There'll be some, you know, taking some pressure off of, of Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, as the matchups start to get better and, you know, he's still getting the work, absolutely by low. Yep. All right. So let's uh, let me read some tweets here. This one's from Adi, our colleague. 
considering the crazy thing of selling high for Christian on Christian McCaffrey because the workload has been so heavy. No. <laughs> but what if you could turn McCaffrey into Jamar Chase and Alvin Kamara? Would you do it? No. I mean, th- that's probably like the starting point on where you would think about agreeing to that deal. What is the, I would, I would have to ask what the rest of your team look like. How badly do you need that stud receiver? Cause that's what you're doing. So you got McCaffrey, Kyron Williams. You just got Jerome Ford and you have, uh, who's, who are, who's my best receiver. Your best receiver is Mike Evans. Your best receiver is Jalen Waddle. You went McCaffrey, Waddle, and a tight end with your first three picks. Oh, why did I draft Kyle Pitts with one of my first three picks? <laughs> now my team's terrible. <laughs> no, it was Hunter Henry. You did great. Oh, well, in that case, I don't need to make a trade. All right, you drafted a quarterback. You were like, hey, I love quarterbacks, so I'm going to take Joe Burrow in the third round. Okay. Doesn't sound like me. The McCaffrey I mean, part sounds. Like uh, I just to simplify. I mean, do you, do, are you guys? <laughs> no, I think concerned? I think you consider it if you want to have like two good starters the rest of the way. But like that's the starting point if you're really thinking about moving on from McCaffrey. More importantly, if you're trying to get McCaffrey, that's the type of offer that you start with. But you should be open to giving up even more. Uh, let's see. Would you trade Rashad White right now? I mentioned the matchups are getting tougher for him. I'm trying to get T. Higgins for Rashad White. I'd love to have T. Higgins for over Rashad White. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fun yeah. to make wishes. <laughs> uh, well, look, if if Burrow, I guess he's not going to go on IR, so we'll forget that. Romeo Dobbs from Jones, Inc. Romeo Dobbs is a buy low. No. Uh, uh-uh. Watson's coming back, and Jalen Jaden Reed's outplaying him. No. Um, I think, though, just in terms of the, what we say, Rashad White for T. Higgins? Yeah. In our in our podcast league, I'll just use that example because there's been about 55 on the block requests, and everybody is offering every wide receiver known to man for running backs. We are at such a point right now where people will take anything for a quality running back that's getting touches. That's the type of trade you might have to make. I I think White, if you just want to play the schedule game, because he also has played Minnesota and Chicago, it couldn't look much worse, in my opinion, for Rashad White. His next four weeks are mm-hmm. Philadelphia, New Orleans, a bye, and Detroit. And I think those are three. I don't know about this. I mean, the Saints have a great defense. I don't know about their run defense specifically, but I just think the matchups change so much here for Rashad White. So I think it's worth they do, asking but the, the question. thing that he gets saved by is what we saw last week when he yeah. has a five catch game. You know, so yeah. he's not going to have, I think, the ceiling like we saw last week where he's getting you 70 yards and a touchdown and still five catches like that to me is not going to be realistic week to week. But when they are trailing, when they are in these tough matchups, that's sort of, again, the rescue club that he can sort of still get you by better in PPR than the other formats. But I don't, I don't necessarily mind him because he's still getting so much work. Right. What is a rescue club? One of the few running backs that's getting over 70% of the snaps each week. What is a rescue club? Is that something I should know? Is that a thing? It's in golf. If you, need to you know it's like a a wedge that you would use see i thought it was like a special sandwich that i kept in the (laughs) fridge at work when my wife would give me like (laughs) tofu for lunch and i wouldn't want to eat it so i just go to the fridge and get that bacon club for lunch number two and i thought it was something for my cough uh jd says buy low on jameer gibbs (coughs) yes it's gonna be so much fun on social media when Craig Reynolds has more carries than Jameer Gibbs this week. It's people are going to absolutely lose their minds, but I do think that Gibbs is probably going a good buy low unless people see that David Montgomery news and now think Jameer Gibbs is going to touch the ball 20 times in week three. Would you rather have Rashad white or Jameer Gibbs rest of season? Oh, Gibbs. Does it mean anything to you guys that Gibbs saw 71% of the snaps after the Montgomery injury? Of course. Yes, but but do you know how many were in the backfield? Because I brought this up. He, yeah, he was, there were a few snaps, just a few where they both played. Okay. Um, just as, I mean, as long as he's on the field, there's going to be so many opportunities for him to have success. Okay, let's see. Sell high Jerome Ford. Yes. Hmm. Buy low yeah. Dallas Goddard. Would you buy low on Dallas Goddard? Yes. I would absolutely. Tight end is so bad. 
I wouldn't give Jerome Ford for Goddard. Like, what are you? What are you? Get, but that's the thing. Ford. It's so bad. I'm not sitting Dallas Goddard. I'm just going to keep starting him. Right. But what are you? What are you giving up for him? Yeah, I, that's yeah, a great won't question. That much. Somebody lost these running backs, and like, would you rather have rest of season Hunter Henry or or Dallas Goddard? Goddard. But well, nobody's trading me Dallas Goddard for Hunter Henry. I don't no, think. but you might be able to trade Dallas Goddard, right. Hunter Henry, and Jerome Ford for Dallas Goddard and receiver if you have good running back depth. And then all you're doing is you're moving away from Goddard and streaming tight end and hoping to find the next Hunter Henry. Or Henry. Well, yeah, oh, yeah or, sure. Or you can just go grab Henry. Or grab Ford if he's out there. Would you trade Brian Robinson for Dallas Goddard? I'd rather have Robinson. I think he's. I think he's got more value. I think I'd rather have Robinson. Uh, I, I see a profile problem with Brian Robinson, though. He is he doesn't do play on third downs, and they are two and zero, and they've been running out the clock. At least they did in, in week two, and I mean they're going to start losing games beginning this week. And what happens then? Does he get twelve carries and one or two catches? You know, so think about. I'm not I saying they were going to lose last week. I, they're playing Buffalo this week, right? I mean, right. They're, they're the, like last they're the commanders. Week, competitive. I, we all thought it would losing. be a competitive game, and he did look terrible to start the game. You've had five carries in the first half, didn't he? Yeah, it was that's low. what it was. It was terrible. So, so we could we could see some bad games from Robinson here in the next two weeks. No, I mean, look, I, I, it's one of those things, kind of like what we were saying with Evans and Lockett, where I think it's clear that he's risen in the rankings, Brian Robinson. But I, I do see some potential here for for disappointment. Because if they start losing and he's not in the game plan as much, you're going to be stuck with, with kind of a, a crummy game. But well, I mean that's true for a lot of running backs, isn't it? Um, let's see. I turned Alexander Madison into Nico Collins. How do you feel about that trade from Jake? I think you sold low on Madison and you bought high on Collins. So I don't love that scenario when it happens, but look, Nico Collins has been fantastic so far. So yeah. if you need a receiver help and you had the good running back depth, then I guess it's okay. If it's I think a simil- PPR, similar I value. Okay. S- similar value. Uh, would you sell high on Devontae Smith? Ryan wants to know. If sell high on Devontae Smith, I feel like he can't keep this production up. I know. Again, what are you selling him for? So if your running back situation is crappy... Well, you like, can still sell him, but, but sell high means means this is his peak value. Do you think that's the case? I think no, he's I a top 12 wide receiver rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. But if you have the chance to turn Smith and a bench player into Jamar Chase, do you do it? Of course. I yeah. agree. I'd rather have Chase. Yeah. But you might be able to, again, if you're looking to get running back help, like would you trade at this point Devontae Smith for Ramondre Stevenson? No. I'm, oh, if you I'm, need running back help? Not excited about Ramondre Stevenson. I would do it. I would too if you need running back. I mean, you know, right. the draft that's was, the qualifier was rel- relatively the same. I think Smith is the better player, but you yeah. know, again, we're talking about a lot of bad running back situations right now. Okay, and I think that that's another thing that people might consider is like if you've seen all these running back injuries that they did, we didn't just turn the injuries off this week. We're we're going to have more running back injuries. I I don't want to downgrade my players just to get another, like I'd rather just almost stream running back and keep elite wide receivers. That's a great point. And certainly the, 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 probably the better strategy to implore, but you know, if you have Devonte Smith and you got Puka Nakua and you got uh, Nico Collins, you know, and you have some pretty excellent wide receiver depth too, you know, we, we play in a lot of three receiver leagues. So it's much right. easier to say, I'm going to stick with my three receivers and play receiver and flex. You know, for people that are in 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 a two and two league and and one flex, like it's it's a little harder just to keep stacking up these wide receivers on your right. bench. Just saying, okay, I'm just going to stream running backs. It's not not that feasible. And I we can't feel like say that there aren't receivers who have, you know, not gotten hurt this year either. True, but we know running backs are more likely to get hurt than receivers. Yeah, I would really um, like I to know more. Didn't about feel that way two Heath. weeks ago, but it feels that way now. Well, Heath, let me ask you this. Just, just, I know we're spending too much time on that. I'm sorry, but um, That's right. would you turn Devontae Smith into Josh Jacobs? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Heath, I'd like to know if maybe you want to finish the show with this. What concerns you most about Ramondre Stevenson? Um, like the, the catches were there to a certain extent, but the targets have fallen off as expected a little bit. I don't, th- especially the target share. How many passes has Mac Jones thrown this year? Eight, 85 in two games. So those nine targets in two games look good, but 
but a 10 to 12% target share is not the same. The rushing efficiency has just been god-awful, and they don't have a particularly great schedule, so I'm not sure how much that improves. And he's not a full-time feature back. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see this week with uh, sure. they should have the ball so much. He played 72% of the snaps in week two. Yeah, it seemed like they soured on Zeke pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I think he's as, as close to a feature back as we'll find in 2023. Not quite. I mean, there will be some, no. He's no Zach Moss. He's no McCaffrey, you know. But but he's the, but yeah, he, that's a good role. All right, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for your time today, gentlemen. Uh, see you see you at the bars for St. Patty's Day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow with Starter Sit for the AFC home games. Have a great day and happy Thanksgiving. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.